Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Can I suggest you shut up and show more football? Come on, come on. Figure, figure. We've done that f***ing thing. Can we not knock it? I am flabbergasted. I wouldn't even let him on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. When the seagulls follow the troll, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. I understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he was a great player. Yes, he was a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a magician. Andrew, you can hear me. Yes, I can, Richard. I'm loud and clear. Excellent. Well, let's hope everybody else can. Um, the, reason, yeah. the reason for the stuttered start is that uh, I sit in a glorious Qatar where temperatures today are expected to rise to about 23, 24 degrees, blue skies. Deep yellow sun. The water mm. looks magnificent. Yes. Uh, my colleague yes. this week yes. is elsewhere in the yes. world. Do you wish to explain, Andrew? Oh, before we go any further, uh, I'm Richard Keyes. Oh, yeah, and I'm Andy Gray. Yeah, <laughs> distant, somewhat from Richard Keyes. Yes. <laughs> do you do you wish to explain why? <laughs> no, I, I I sit Richard in uh, with blue skies up above with slight clouds where I'm expecting temperatures to rise to a balmy minus two today. <laughs> <laughs> because because I'm I've back to the UK. Um I'm a picture of a a near place. Um but few problems with it. Yes, I've had just to come and take the advice of people who know better than I that listen, you're an object whose body is falling apart in certain places. We need to get it fixed. So I shall be out of the country, I mean Qatar, for four, five, six weeks, something like that. I, I, th- I think after six operations on that Nissan and a, a playing career that was tested, or rather tested you, uh, virtually every time you took to the field, you're, you're, you're long overdue and uh, good luck to you. What, by the way, getting back, did you have any trouble? I, I was reading some horror stories this morning when I woke up. Four-hour delays at Heathrow, getting through customs and the like. No, uh, uh, we were lucky. Uh, Rachel and I just straight through, uh, showed our COVID negative test forms, showed our locator forms, and, and, and we were through in 10, 15 minutes. Easy. It was like a, what was really weird, I know, it's, I know it's not quite, but 
what was so weird. I mean, that, that beautiful airport at, at Hamad um, in Doha when I left it yesterday. My goodness. What what a very strange place. Um, an airport that's been for eight years we've been there bustling and busy and mm. deserted. And I mean, it was like a ghost town. Uh, really strange. Terrible. Terrible, really is a terrible shame. Uh, incidentally, you are listening to the Keys and Grey um, podcast. If you wish to get in touch with us, you can at Keys and Grey, spell it all out, Keys and A-N-D Grey. Uh, you can get us both at Insta and Twitter. A whole lot of things to get through this week, Andrew, uh, in no particular order because that's what I like about this podcast. It's never necessarily structured. Our guest today will, will <laughs> yeah, fascinate... Stress, obviously. <laughs> our guest will fascinate Scots, I hope, uh, uh, a guy as a young man that wouldn't say boo to a goose that's turned into a um, well he, I'm not I'm not quite sure if he swears more these days than Peter Reid but he's certainly right up there with the very best he's, he's in <laughs> he's the Champions there. League yeah, he's up there. Uh, um, an Oscar winner um, working these days in India anyway to, to the most important subject of the week I, I, I believe social media and um, yeah. abuse Um I've just got this little soapbox out here, Andy, because I, I know this is an area you probably won't want to stray into. So let, let me do my best here. No, no, um, I'm happy to. Disgusting. Wrong. Yeah. Um, th- those that trade in this kind of uh, exchange um, with, with different individuals, uh, they're not keyboard warriors. They are keyboard cowards. They're the sort of people that when you meet them yeah. in the street... Um, cower, disappear, smile, wave, ask you how you are, um, hide behind anonymity and, and, and the ability that it yeah. provides to bully people. Um, it, it's, it's come to the fore this week, obviously because of Mike Dean, and I'll get round to that, but I'm, I'm looking at a back page here from the Daily Mirror today, Steve Bruce, um, whose family have also been abused. Now, I, I know what you're going to say. That's the downside to the social media, and it is, and it shouldn't be the case, and, and people should not be racially abused either. Um, I think we're getting, as Ray Wilkins might say, a tad um, carried away. I, I, in my view, Brucey hasn't received death threats. Um, a message to the effect, we hope you die, is not a death threat. Uh, Cyril Regis <laughs> getting a bullet through the post when he was going, making his England debut, that's a death threat. Yeah, a contract taken out on an individual—that's a death threat. You see, I—I I, I thought about this with Mike Dean, Andy, um, Mason, and Dean. You might as well have left last week's decisions to Torville and Dean. They'd have done better. Um, but both were <laughs> stood down from this weekend's round of matches. And Mike immediately—well, Mike claimed to have had death threats, and therefore withdrew from this weekend's round of Premier League games. But he took on an FA Cup tie in midweek. Now. Uh, are we to believe that yeah. the threat was accompanied with the suggestion that it would be at a Premier League game that harm were done and, and that he'd be okay to turn out in the FA Cup? You see, I, I could be very wrong here, and I, I, I am happy to be corrected, but I, I think Mike was going to be stood down this week and jumped before he was pushed. Um, Mason also stood down this week. The two of them in recent weeks have had an absolute nightmare between them. Now... Yeah, yeah. My, my mind with that, Andy, then followed on to discipline. On a football pitch, a referee will expect an individual mm-hmm. that has been disciplined to accept the punishment, move on. Why can't Dean? Yeah. Why can't Dean? I don't know, is he? Is he not accepting it? Well, I, I think he's covering up. That would be my view, that he is covering up. 
do you not concede though that genuine, he, he has been since last weekend he will have been and has been abused I'm not saying threatened but abused terribly on social media yes like I do a lot of other and there's a very simple solution for him yeah. get off social media he shouldn't be on in the first place He's a referee. He, he, he really shouldn't be there. I mean, these guys have elevated themselves, Andy. I've said this to you so many times on a match day now to the most important yeah. element of the game. And, and, and I don't understand how that's happened or why, because they're not. They're part of the day out. They're not the most important element. But VAR has certainly played a part in that respect. I mean, I quote you from Martin yeah. Samuel this week. Um talking about this very same thing. It may be that he, Dean this is, has, has uh, jumped before he was pushed. He's withdrawn from Premier League duty this weekend and has reported death threats. Some people are despicable. It is, is if, it, if it is any consolation, the type of person issuing threats on social media tends to be of an age that isn't trusted with cutlery, let alone guns. <laughs> Much like the idiot who accosted Professor Chris yeah. Whitty in the street, the problem can often be solved if yeah. Mummy takes away his PlayStation. Well, yeah, yeah, I get that. You, you, I get I, that. I'm kind of with Martin on that. I, I, you, something has to be done. It, 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 you, listen, Andy, you're talking to an expert. You, you don't follow my Twitter account, but those yeah, who do yeah, will know. know. I mean, no. death threats. I, I last summer at the, the, the height of the. Um, Saudi bid to take over Newcastle United. I'm, I'm receiving pictures of my face with kill keys written across the front. Now, if that's not a death threat, yeah, I don't know, I know what is. Know. But I know also that yeah. that it's it's a deeply worrying message to receive, but also from someone who who has issues. Um, you know, if I'd been invited to the Saudi okay, embassy, so maybe well, that's let, a different thing. But, then, let me on. ask you then, Richard. Let me ask you. You 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 say because I mean you're, you're you're social media active. I'm, I'm not. You know. We kind of can balance this out. But if you say to me there, well, there's a simple solution for Mike Dean, get off of social media. Mm. What if somebody says to you, well, TJ, there's a simple solution for you. If you don't want to be abused, get off social media. Absolutely. But you see, I believe social media to also be a good. I've always said this. I think it is a, it yeah, is yeah, a way yeah, yeah. In, a, in a world now where we operate, where there's, there's not just a barrier, there are barriers between supporters and fans. It, yeah. uh, sorry, and, yeah. and, and football is it? It is a way to engage and be in touch. It is for me. It is for me and be in sports in general. And 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 I I yeah. I used to enjoy. I would sit sometimes and take a Q and A session with people, and I used to enjoy that. It was fun. So so I engage because I believe the social media, the good that goes with it, right. far outweighs the the minority of idiots, and that's what they are that think uh -huh. they're having an effect. Now, yeah. if I did that, I would be bowing to their demands to silence me. And yeah, to keep I get that argument. And I'm not doing I that. I get that argument then. So I've got a simple question then to you then, uh, you, to, to people like yourself who, uh, listen, I know you've been plenty abused. My family, my my boy follows you and, and informs me for the last couple <laughs> of years of the many, many vile stories of vile abuse on your Twitter site. So I know about it. So... There's a simple question for me to you then as someone who, who's not on Twitter. Um, what is the solution? Or is there a solution? Well, if you can silence, um, if you can silence the President of the United States, uh, the former President of the United <laughs> States, in the manner that they have, so completely, so easily and so quickly, then I, I really don't know what the yeah. problem is, Andy. And, and uh, f f f for me, I think, like me, the, the, the counterside 
to it. If football clubs trade on, on, on the social media, there's money to be made. There is for Ronaldo. I mean, what is it? What's it? 250,000 every tweet, is it? Uh, uh, Sterling? It's wow. Something of that order. Wow. So there's a reason to do it. The social media companies make money too. That's not an excuse. Yeah. I, I, but but they are in a position whereby they they can shut down, or or football itself has to send a very strong message and say, listen, you're making money off yeah. the back of what we do. Yeah. We're we're out of this for a week, and then everybody has to just walk away. Um, but but it's it it's not right. Um, but but I I I think that there are examples of individuals, uh, and I'm not going to mention his name again, who perhaps are diluting the real issue with 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 a. a, a a, a Bruno Fernandes type scream on the football pitch, and 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 I, yeah, I, I just yeah. don't think that that it's a direction in which we need to go. And and I, I hope. Oh, I by hope. the way, and remember, on. remember, Richard, this is not a new thing. You were in my company many, many years ago when we worked on a company, <laughs> and you can remember when I I criticised. Remember, I do, and I flagged up a ridiculous challenge uh, from Julian Dixon and Nicole well. yeah. on a West Ham a West Ham Man United game. And then and and they went potty, uh, West Ham fans, absolutely potty, all sorts of you know, see threats. So certainly abuse, real abuse. Well, actually, oh in, in your God. case, I'm sorry to stop. In your case, they were threats. Go on. They were threats, and you needed, if if I remember correctly, you needed security for the best part of two, yes. three months every time you went to a football match. Yes. And I was walking around the football pit, and an empty stadium. <laughs> to go and come to your studio and there were two guys one either side of me walking with me and I had to say to them I said guys this is ridiculous we're walking around an empty stadium honestly can can you know just go and sit somewhere leave me alone <laughs> but I, I remember what that felt like and, and trust me I know although I've made light of it um, it it's still worrying when you get that level or that uh, that, that threat level that, that was going around then but never in a million years I have to say, uh, twenty odd years down the line, did I think that this would become a a daily a daily dose for high profile, yeah, say, celebrities, sportsmen, whoever, um, to to receive abuse and and threats. It's, it's, it's shocking, and you we must be able to do it. I was reading about Martin Samuel today, and he's quite right. If we can stop the pornographers, then surely we can stop these abusers. Yes. I I I really don't see what the listen again. You have to be so careful with what 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 he said these days. But but again, not to make light of this subject, but go further back than your yeah. uh, problems when Mike Summerby and George Best were sharing a flat in Manchester. Oh. Neither was living in it, but but but, but they shared it. <laughs> bestie, yeah. bestie ahead of a Manchester derby received death threats. It was obviously a huge story at the time. But Bestie, and this yeah. was yeah, the main road that the game was being played, and Bestie. Being George, I'm not taking this too seriously, but but Bestie would play left of, of of Manchester United's attack, and Mike Summerby right of City's. So of course, as they lined up yeah, at the start yeah. of the game, they were stood opposite each other, and Mike said to Bestie, "Do us a favour, George." He said, "What's that?" He said, "Could you go and play on the other side today?" And George said, "What?" <laughs> he said, "Because if if that threat was serious, I don't want to be too near." Yeah. <laughs> You're best sleeper in the stand. <laughs> Oh, uh, that was a good one, um, uh, Tony Collins, dead at 94, first black manager yeah. in English football. Yeah. I could be wrong, and I texted him this week. He didn't reply. 
Um, maybe there are reasons for that. But uh, I, I think this first black manager, Andy, was appointed chief scout at Manchester United by Ron Atkinson. What an irony, eh? I, I met him many yeah, times. I think he was, you know. Yeah. No, no, I, I think that's right. I think but Ron did bring him into football management or coaching or whatever it was then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I leave, yeah. I leave yeah. conclusions to be drawn by those that are aware, obviously, of all yeah. the facts and allegations around Ron Atkinson. Yeah. Uh, Brexit block on foreign yeah. bosses. Uh, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer and Bielsa would not be working in the Premier League if post-Brexit regulations applied. Um, this is going to have a dramatic effect on the Championship rather more than the Premier League. Um, but it, but it, yes. it, if if top managers get in, it isn't necessarily the case that they'll be bringing an entourage with them. Um, I see this only no. as something that is a positive for the game, particularly, as I said, for the Me Championship. Too. I mean, uh, uh, Daniel Fark wouldn't wouldn't be managing at N Norwich. Um, we've got some good coaches, some yeah, good British perhaps, coaches. Perhaps a, a, a bright, perhaps bright, young, potentially great Brit might be managing, given the opportunity at Norwich that he wouldn't or he hasn't been able to get because we've been importing copious amounts of, of foreign coaches yes. over the years. Yes. Well, let, let's hope that uh, that develops in a manner that we would quite like. Andy Dunn in the mirror again today. Oscar-worthy yep. dives can only be stopped by the actors' directors. Um, in other words, <laughs> by the managers. David, David Moyes made mention of this this week. Um, and, and, he's, and Andy, I have been... And, and here's another one. I mean, the, the, the amount of time that we've spent recently, I particularly, about the number of soft penalties Manchester United are getting, the most recent yep, Martial's yep. dive, which was a disgrace. Uh, I mean, Moyes has been calling on players to take responsibility um, and, and to stop doing this. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the best example of this, of course, um, Suchek and Mitrovic, as, as Andy Dunn argues here, big guy. Should he really have gone down the way he did? Well, no, he shouldn't. I'm only, listen, you've been there, I don't know. The shock of getting an elbow in the face, either intentionally or mistakenly, maybe that's enough to... to, to... All right, so let me tell you a bit what I think Mitrovic happened there. Um, like every modern day footballer, certainly 90% of them, so I don't want to condemn everybody. Because uh, someone will find somebody who doesn't. But the slightest cut of any part of anybody onto a player, um, and he wants to win a free kick, he's down. He's hitting the ground. Now, I think the, the elbow, the arm just come up, it catches me to be in the head. And I think his instinct now, almost with players, instinct that they go to the ground. Now, I think once down there, I think he quickly made his mind up and that um, I maybe just overdid it. I may have overdone that a little bit. Yeah. And what I liked is that, yes, he, he, he got him in trouble maybe because he went to ground too easy. Tell me somebody who doesn't. Again, I say it. But what a lot of people don't do, he, up he got, tried to say to Mike, listen, that's not a sending off, Mike. Mike, that's not a sending off. But as we know, Mike doesn't listen to other people no. once he's made his mind up. And, and he went off. So I think there was good and bad about Mitrovic, but I think the good far outweighed the bad. That's what I would say. Yeah, I mean, Dunn, Dunn concludes by saying, next time a West Ham player feigns injury, let's see Moyes call him out for it. I think David would. Uh, next time Mitrovic yes. collapses without cause, let's hear Scott Parker condemn him. I don't think Scott Parker would. Yes. Next time Martial dives, let's enjoy Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's admonishment. I would Martial, Rashford <laughs> and Fernandez. <laughs> Um, but it's not going to happen. It should, but uh, unfortunately, yeah. it's it's the world we currently live in, and it's only exacerbated by the empty stadium because we hear these squeals and these screams. Yes, I know. And, I know. and really, it's I know. it's, it's I tell you what, pathetic. The, I, I tell you what. It's
changed, Richard. You remember, you and I were covering the game these those days back in the UK. But you remember in the early days of Chelsea, was it just after Mourinho took over and they signed Drogba? Yes. I remember the first year or so, 18 months, you know, uh, Didier would go down screaming if his shots got a little rip in them or something, or a piece of mud on them. And and he was unbelievable at just hitting the ground. I mean, six foot three, you know, powerful as, a, as, as he could be. And yet here was this guy screaming and going to ground so easily. And from what we hear, I don't know if it's true, but folklore tells us that the boys got together and says, listen, Didier, we don't do that. You know, you, you, you're, you're a brilliant player. You don't have to do that. And subsequently, he stopped doing it. Now, that was then. But as you say quite rightly, the game is in a different place now. Very much so. One last point on Newcastle United. Uh, back to Martin Samuel. Uh, Newcastle, as we know, beat Saints last week with nine men. Uh, they'd lost Callum Wilson, yeah. Mankio, Alan St. Maximin. Uh, and Jeff Hendricks sent off before Fabian Shaw went off on a stretcher. So they were down <laughs> to nine. Maximum. <laughs> down, to, <laughs> down to nine for 25 <laughs> minutes. It was one of the gutsiest performances by any team in this campaign, says um, uh, Sammy. Indeed, one wonders who could possibly mm-hmm. have inspired it, bearing in mind the manager is that stale, dull, tactically illiterate Steve Bruce. Must have been <laughs> Graham Jones again. Quite an influence he's having. <laughs> yeah, quite right. Yeah. I know. <laughs> And well done, Sammy. I saw that one as well. And I had a chuckle because it's just, I, I, you and I know a few Newcastle fans, and, and many have said, oh, Graham George is a graphic story. He may have be, be helping Steve, and he is. But trust me, these decisions and these games were made by the coach, the manager himself. And if the players were showing allegiance and, 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 and support for somebody, and these last few games, that it's been for the manager. So I'm delighted for Steve because Absolutely. he has been battered from pillowy posted times up there. Uh, the online casino Stashbird have uh, run a poll to find out who is the best-looking Premier League manager. I mentioned this to you on Being Sports last week, so I know you're aware, but you may have forgotten. Uh, for the rest, I'll fill in the gaps. Oh, no, I, no, no. I was so surprised. I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at this and I'm laughing now. In 20th place, uh, Roy Hodgson <laughs> rising. Oh, that's right ages for a start. In brand new with a bullet, Sam Allardyce at 19. 18, Chris Wilder. <laughs> 17, the aforementioned Steve Bruce. 16, Bielsa. Ancelotti oh. takes a very proud 15th. Moyes at 14. <laughs> Santo at 13. Brendan Rodgers, surprisingly, in at 12. Ralph Hassenhüttl, no. 11. Solskjaer, 10. Graham Potter takes ninth place. Dean Smith in eighth. And this is where it gets interesting. Uh, Sean Dyche, would you believe, is the seventh best... What? Yeah. Dyche! <laughs> so, I think oh, Dyche is punching for sure. At six, Pep Guardiola. Oh, yes. At five, Jurgen Klopp. Now our yeah. top four, yeah. Jose oh. Mourinho. In third place, Mikel Arteta. Yeah. I am so handsome. Yeah, yeah. In second, Tuchel, and, and I'm not having that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm no. No, I'm sorry. Uh, and the best-looking manager in the no. Premier League, it turns out, according to this poll, is Scott Parker. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, I can see that a bit, but I'm not. There's a few in there. I mean, <laughs> you know, I think it's not for me, but I think a couple of that top six. I mean, no potato. I mean. Tuchel, man, he's no. punching. I think much is a great coach. Jürgen, Jürgen's punching, I'm sorry. He's punching above his weight if he's in the top six. That's the right. Okay, let's Definitely. get semi-serious because I think we're going to have a I think we're going to have a fun 20 minutes now. Our guest today, Andy, um, 
It's come to us from a, 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 a roundabout um, uh, set of yeah. uh, contacts, um, but but nevertheless, I'm, I'm so pleased. Uh, as I said right at the start of this series, it's our podcast, so we can do what we like with it. I'm so I'm delighted yeah. many of you are listening, and, and now you've found us, please tell your mates, subscribe, and the podcast will arrive every week automatically. Um, but we can talk to, to people that might not necessarily get a hearing elsewhere, and this week, very good example mm. of that, but a fascinating character. So, let's meet our guest. So long before Andy, there was a left-back called Andy Robertson. Um, There was was the best part of a £1 million purchase at Rangers from Aberdeen. Correct. By the name of David Robertson. Um, Who's yeah. who's now uh, award-winning filmmaker or or the centerpiece of an award-winning film, and working in Kashmir, a five-time Scottish Premiership winner with Rangers. That man is David Correct. Robertson, who joins us now. David, how are you? I'm very good indeed. And I'll just tell you, right, it was six times. Scottish League Championship. Was it? Six times. David, I was going to correct him there. It was six, six times. times. You're absolutely right, fella. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's six also times. these days, he's not the quiet, unassuming left fullback that Rangers signed. He's a man, as you've just discovered, really? who can look after himself. And in a recent documentary, how long was that documentary, David, the first one? Um, how long was it? Yeah. Was it an hour uh, long? One docu- hour. One hour. So you managed to say, yeah. fuck, on more than 100 occasions. <laughs> In that one hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm ashamed to admit that, yes. And, and, and I, believe the sec- I believe the second documentary was even more. But there you go. <laughs> so, oh, by the way, David, that beat Peter Reid. Who played it? You've done him. You have now created a world record. <laughs> this is a documentary that Scots will know... Um, well, will have seen Davy. So, for the rest that haven't, explain to us um, why why you were so um, colourful with your language and, and just exactly what the uh, documentary was about. Well, it all started with me taking a crazy decision against my wife's wishes. We had a lovely, luxurious <laughs> lifestyle in Arizona, <laughs> and then four years ago, I decided that. I'm going to go to Kashmir of all places. Um, having never been to mm. India, mm. let alone Kashmir, I did no research. I didn't realise it was the world's most militarised zone. Um, and I thought everywhere in India was hot and warm. But unfortunately, I arrived in Kashmir January 2017, and there was about four foot of snow. There was no internet. Electricity was... It's like Aberdeen. <laughs> um, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, and they, and they spent money the same way as Aberdonians do as well. Uh, but no, it was, it was a real eye-opener, to be honest with you. And, and you know, it, coming from a, a place like Arizona and obviously playing for Leeds and Rangers, you know, you're sort of bought, you know, with luxuries and what have you. So I, my first day training, um, I... I showed up and there's no balls. Well, in fact, they had balls. They took a ball each. There's no training kit. Some of them were wearing leather jackets to train. Um, it was just, just horrendous. Um, and then the second day, as I said, there was snow. So so when I arrived in the, in the, in the snow, I, I got up one morning and I looked out the window. I thought, oh, we could uh, train here. 
So um, <laughs> next day, um, the, one of the owners says to me, oh, you can go indoors, you can have a session indoors. I was expecting a school gym hall or something. Um, it turns out that I go into this small room, it was 12 by 6, had windows everywhere, two ceiling fans, and I had 24 <laughs> adults. And somehow I managed to last an hour and a half with no um, breaking any windows or ceiling fans or what have you. So the next day they said, oh, they've cleared the pitch. The police have cleared the pitch. So I go to the, the Ashley Turf pitch and all they've done is build snowman. So you have to sort of do slalom through the, all these piles. Of snow. So the next morning, the next morning I say, I'll tell you what, let's go back to the indoor place. So I had this driver that would take me in. In India, you probably know that everyone's late. So this day, I'm late for training and we go to this indoor place again. So we do the same sort of session, um, just make up as I went along. I'm waiting, the driver's late, and as I'm waiting, all I see is people putting furniture back in, in this room. It was actually somebody's house. It was somebody's living room that we were training in. And, um... <laughs> so then, it gets even better. So then they were meant to be playing in this league too, um, in Delhi, but it was meant to be in maybe a, a week, two weeks' time. But the, the weather was so bad we couldn't train anywhere. So we decided, right, okay, but to save money, the team will go by road to uh, Delhi. And you, me, I can fly. So I get a flight. I get take an hour to get there. <laughs> I'm waiting there for three days. Three days I'm waiting and there's no team. And it turns out they actually got stuck. They got stuck in the snow in a tunnel for three days. Obviously, they couldn't use their phones because their batteries died. And, oh, it was just horrendous. And then, oh, well. You know, then then I decide, eventually I decided oh, I need to get back to Arizona. So I go back to my wife, and believe it or not, after about two weeks, I thought I actually really missed this chaos. You missed it. <laughs> so, well, the, I, for some reason, crazy reason, I missed it. But but as time's gone on, it's actually got better and better. You know, we're, we're the only club that sponsored by Adidas. You know, they, I took this team from virtually nothing. It was basically a a pile of ashes and we went into the, the I-League and did well and um, you know it's it's been a bit of a fairy tale really but you know when I, when I first stepped off that plane I just I thought to myself I was going back in time about 150 years Are you working at altitude <laughs> as well? Because you, you struggle with altitude sickness don't you? Well uh, believe it or not this season um, because of the pandemic all the games are in Kolkata so it's actually quite good um, so I, obviously I don't have to go to Kashmir the altitude, I think it's about 6,000 feet above sea level. Um, so we wow. win a lot of our games at home, obviously, yep. because everyone else used to <laughs> the sunshine. Even even away games. When we go to an away game, an away game um, is two flights, which takes two days. See, I'm just looking at a line from the documentary here. Uh, from the, oh, I don't want to mention the publication. It's uh, from the uh, Sunday Scum. Uh, uh, sorry, son. Um, in Scotland, David is the unconscious. David is the unconscious comedian of the show. It says, describing his altitude sickness on camera, he says, "That was the worst day of my life, and I've played at Albion Rovers." <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. By the way, David, it's Albion Rovers that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was when I was there. I'll tell you. So, okay. So we've we've got. It's some of the detail, but not all of us get a call that takes us from where did you say you were in America? Arizona. 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 Okay, not all of us get a call from yeah. suggesting we leave Arizona and go and work in Kashmir. How did that happen? 
and, and actually, what was the process, your thought process in accepting the job? Um, well, I'd, I'd been in Phoenix for, what, 10 years. And during that time, I was the head coach of um, Phoenix FC, uh, which is now called Phoenix Rising. Um, and we went through lawsuits and all sorts of nonsense and, and, and events had changed hands. And I really missed the, the professional game. So I had an agent that would contact me now and again and offer me positions or any interest in this. And it's suddenly this, um, well, they, they dressed up the offer a little bit um, to go to Kashmir. And they just said, do you fancy coming? It's a new club. Um, I League too. And I thought, yeah, I'll have a crack at it. Um, and there was no, they didn't have to sell anything. I just thought, I'll have a go. I'm a bit of a, a guy that'll just jump into things, you know, two feet and then think about yeah. the consequences later. Because yeah. um, I, I thought, I actually thought to myself, it can't be that bad, but when I actually arrived, it was 10 times worse than that. <laughs> and what, what, what did Mrs. <laughs> Robinson Sorry, Andy, go on. Me. Yeah, I was just going to say, David, tell me, because I spoke to Big X this morning. I just gave him a quick text to tell him we were going to talk to you. He's yeah. his best, by the way. Um, and what, what okay. he said to me, he says, he says, I don't know what's happened to David, he said, because that was a mild-mannered left-back who wouldn't say booty a goose, and he, now he's turned into a fire-breathing dragon of a coat. <laughs> when did that happen? Just before you answer the question, uh, David, sorry, just, just let me interject again with a line, Andy, from the documentary. Robertson tells his players after yeah. he leaves, um, uh, we, we, we make sure that we trample all over this team so he never wants to see our <laughs> faces again. He shouts over at one player during drills, shut the fuck up. If you played as much as you fucking spoke, you'd be some fucking player. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay then. <laughs> so, what happened? Yeah, no, no. I, um, you know, having, you know, had a, a nice, easy lifestyle for ten years in America. I then, you know, get into a place that's just there's absolutely no common sense. Nothing makes sense. Um, anything you find. I mean, even even little things like boy who, who looks after all the kit, the kit man. He decides that coach, I'm going to take the balls home and I'm going to wash them. And I goes, okay, that's fine, that's, that's a nice year. Next morning he come in and he says, Coach, you don't need balls today because I've forgotten to take them with me. So, you know, it's like a session with no football. So every day is an adventure. And it's, and it's, I think, I just, I just snap, the slightest thing I snap, I'm, as I say, I was quite easy going and quiet and shy. Um, yes. Suddenly, yes. you're up against it. Every day is a challenge. You know, you, know, you go up in the morning and you, sometimes you can't even phone home because there's no internet. I, I, I don't think it ever, it's never really um, directed at a player. You know, it's, it's almost a fighting for a bit of, um, you know, a bit of normality and, and get. Hold on, hold on, hold on, man. Hold on, man. A long, long it's time. never directed at a player. Hold on, you. That quote I'm just was. Just out there. You pointed well. over to one and said, "Listen, you, effing <laughs> shut up because you effing should be this." That wasn't directed at anyone, was it? A bit. No, 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 no. But, but he was, he was trying to get my wish. So that doesn't count. <laughs> 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 he wasn't one of my players man. as a player I inherited right. it's, I, but in, in amongst all of this it sounds like you're enjoying it Davey no, I, do, I do every time I, honestly every time I go home I'm ready to come back um, you know like I remember last every year you come back and you think oh, it'll be a lot better this year I remember the start of last season um, they'd, um, what, they'd actually got rid of the article 370 in the day that we arrived in Kolkata and um, which meant we couldn't go back to Kul we couldn't go back to Kashmir because they'd actually cut all the phone lines, they cut all the internet and all the Kashmiri players that were with us. 
they couldn't even call home and they didn't even know if because there's a lot of you know trouble going on shootings and stuff they didn't even know if a family were alive um, and that was in day one you know so you know, you think that you're you're making progress. Maybe stupidly enough, I think the club's making progress, and I'm making progress. But maybe we're going backwards yeah. because every time it just seems to get worse and worse. <laughs> but in general, what's the scene in India like now? Because that that that's got better, hasn't it, over the last three or four years? Yeah, no, it's it's better. You know, I think the we've actually established ourselves as quite a good team. We just won a an IF in the Indian Football Association field. We won that. Um, you know the level's very, very good. You know there's, there's guy Owen Coyle's over here just now, um, and Laszlo coaches oh, right. here. Okay. Yeah, so there's a lot. Of, you know, it's, it's definitely picking up. It's a little bit like USA. You know, it's taking the time. ISL too. That's like the league. There's two leagues that are side by side. They're the franchise league. The I league's the the oldest league. Um, so we are looking to move to the the other league at, at some point. That um, we need to get you know the structure correct and. We'll probably need a, a new stadium in, in Kashmir as well. Give Owen our best, by the way, if you speak. Uh, Dave, Dave, let me ask you. I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll I'll give you the the sunshine of Arizona. All things being equal, or the snow-capped mountains of Kashmir. What are you picking? <laughs> well, the snow-capped mountains of Kashmir is nice, but the place Srinagar is not quite like that. The capital's a real <laughs> industrial town, and um, you know what I mean. You've got sort of watch where you go kind yeah. of thing um, I think today because I'm stuck in a hotel we're in a, in a bit of a bubble here I'd probably prefer to go to Arizona at the moment I know my wife would, would far rather I would um, go over there you know with yeah. my friends you know going out to the pool in the back garden um, you know and here I'm, sometimes I'm dodging bullets I've heard some horror stories Davey when players have signed for clubs and, and ultimately their wives have been shown around the area um, so, so surrounding the workplace, and and they haven't been too impressed. Um, <laughs> Alan Shearer's wife comes to mind when she saw black men for the first time. But um, what what did Mrs. Robinson say when she saw Kashmir? Um, well, I think the first thing she saw was soldiers with guns. Um, there was donkeys and sheep and cows walking along the street. Um, so I think she was a bit shocked. I, I told her a lot about, about it. You know, I think I, I've moaned quite a lot about it. But it's actually quite funny when you sign players and they ask, well, what's it like? And I just say, look, it, it's not the best place in the world. Just think of the worst place you can imagine. It's 10 times worse than that. So when they come there, I'm never disappointed. <laughs> uh, I know what she said, Dave. I've got a funny feeling that when she saw that, you said, what do you think, love? I think she might have said, you're on your own, love. I'm back there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was even worse because uh, because um, the last time she came out, she came out two weeks before the lockdown. So we were actually stuck in the hotel for uh, three, three months or about oh, two months. Wow. So you could imagine, I'm stuck, oh, stuck in the room with her for, you know, 24 hours a day, nowhere to go. You're not allowed outside the hotel, which is a small hotel anyway. And you could imagine the, the ear bashing I got. 24 hours a day. Oh, yeah. Now, let me tell you another little story, Davey. January the 2nd, I turned to my mate and I said, that's it. It's done. It's all over. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. Not yet. This is Rangers. (laughs) But subsequently, I was proved right. It was. Rangers end nine barren, well, ten barren years this season, don't they? Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's actually quite funny on social media when you look at all the, you know, the, the role reversals. It used to be, you know, Rangers supporters, or sorry, Celtic supporters, going to Rangers supporters are about sick, and now it's totally the opposite way. And, yeah. Um, it's just amazing. <laughs> it's amazing in the space of what a year, in the space of a year, how Celtic have yeah. just totally capitulated. It's just, it's incredible. You know, one would ever have thought that. Um, 
but it's good to see it keeps um, you know Andy as well you as well that um, you're still part of a 9 in a row team because yeah. Celtic got the 10 it doesn't matter anymore yeah. <laughs> no I know well listen I know we're all very proud of that. what I meant to ask you we were talking I was talking to Easy and Big Egg today and we weren't quite sure who was it this time you was it Suey or Walter um, soon as um, that's a funny story soon as ah, right. time, he, we agreed to sign with my agent but I remember it was going to the, the final game of the season the last game was the, 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 the final day when Aberdeen played Rangers at Ibrox Aberdeen needed a, a draw I'd already officially agreed to, to sign for Rangers at that point with Walter Smith but two or three weeks before that we were all on a minibus going to Seaton Park in the Aberdeen uh, minibus and we're coming back and the, the radio and I'd already agreed to come to Rangers at this point and then on the radio, breaking news, Graham Sunis has gone to Liverpool. And everybody on the bus is cheering and jumping about. I'm sitting there with my head in my hands thinking, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> I was the happiest guy in the minibus then. But, but to be fair, Walter continued it. So I never actually got a chance to, to meet or play under Graham Sunis, which I, I would love to. But Walter um, was oh, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic I, I, in my book. Magnificent. I have yeah, to yeah. confess, I was sweating for a moment where that might be going, bearing in mind Graham was involved. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know what? Do you know, Keezy? Do you know what I wanted to ask as well, Dickie? That was a, you talked about the fee, Dickie. Now, nine hundred and seventy thousand sounds change number. Was that because they didn't want to make it a million for some reason? God, I, I thought we got away from this. It was done. It was done through. <laughs> nah, I don't know. Maybe it was, but I thought. Um, I think um, it was as a tribunal that set the fee, so I don't know why they decided on the 970. Oh, right. um, I know Rangers wanted yeah. to pay about 100,000, Aberdeen wanted about one and a half million or something. So, uh, so they settled in the no middle. No idea what happened, but um, yeah, uh, settled it somewhere in the middle, yeah. Well, David, I have to tell you, I've not chuckled yeah. quite as long or as loud uh, in, in some considerable time. It's been yeah. an absolute pleasure, my friend. Yeah. What's, um, what, what's the rest of the year Perfect. like for you? How does it unfold from here? Um, we've got a game tomorrow. We play in the Rocker. If we win, we go top the league. Um, and then they do a split. Um, there's 11 teams in the league. We're only playing each other once at a central venue in Kolkata. Um, so it splits into the top six. We'll play against each other again. And then uh, the winner obviously wins the league and qualifies for the Asian Champions League. And then the bottom five teams fight for relegation. So uh, the next two games are, are pretty vital for us because it's very close. On this, in this league, anybody can beat anyone. So we'll see where it goes. No, they can't. Kashmir are, are, are nailed on favourites and it would be a terrific right double. Behind you. Rangers yeah, and Kashmir. Right behind you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll stay yeah, in touch. It. We'll stay in touch, yeah, David. Perfect. Okay, brilliant. Thanks a lot. It's okay. great to talk. Thanks, David. Cheers, man. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, Andy. I mean, we we need we yeah. need to stay across that and find out what happens to Kashmir going forward. It would be a wonderful oh, double. Absolutely. Wouldn't it? it really, it really would. I mean, that would be extraordinary. <laughs> but isn't it, isn't it amazing how we we used to do a thing? Remember on the radio, we used to do a thing called Brits Abroad. Yes, yes, yes. And 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 it was it was amazing how many places in the world that we found a, a Brit working abroad and. I mean, well, I don't know if there's any as strange as that, the war-torn area of Kashmir we, we with did. bombs and bullets that had every day occurring. You were right. We went to all uh, sorts of different places. That very same radio station yeah. now, I'm sorry to say, Talk Sport. I mean, 
it, it's a national radio station. The one thing I said to you when we got there was, well, I, I, you know, I, when I'm listening, I never hear stories from Scotland or or Wales or Ireland. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. how, how fortunate were we that we stumbled across the Rangers' tale in its infancy as well. But that's what happens, I think, when you look a little more broadly, yeah. shall we say. A um, more broadly. Well, that's it. What, what, so what, uh, having asked Davey what his schedule's like, what's yours over the next 10 days? Lockdown. Simple as that, is it? Uh, lockdown. Yeah, yeah, lockdown here. Just wait and see. Um, get in touch with the, the, the surgeon. Uh, see what his plans are. Um, but I think uh, I think we could take a test here back in the UK anyway, after five days if you're negative coming in, five days. And if you're negative again, they'll reduce the, the, the quarantine to, to just a week. So I'm hoping that that's the case and I can get this done sooner rather than later and get back to the the balmy temperatures of, of, of Doha. Yeah, and having spoken to John Hartson about knee replacement, I think you were quite buoyed by that conversation, weren't you? No, oh, get off. I mean, honestly, I phoned Big John because I'd read on his, uh, his Instagram that he'd had a knee off. And I went, oh, a replacement. And I went, oh, okay, I'll ring it big man. He'll reassure me. But uh, not to worry about Andy, it's a piece of cake, you know, I'd had it done, I could, could have had food on if I wanted, but nah. So I phoned him, big man, hey, yeah, how is it? I'm just, I'm getting an EOPS and I'm getting my replacement, everything okay with that piece of cake? Oh, Andy, oh, Andy, oh, the worst pain I've ever had in my life. I cannot tell you. <laughs> John, John, I phoned up to be reassured there wouldn't be much pain. <laughs> The big man destroyed me, honestly. <laughs> well, I, I put that back into perspective for you. My mother had two done after 60. So, and, and bearing in mind you've oh. been in, in hospital beds most of your life for different sorts of ops, you'll be fine. Trust me, <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. Uh, I'll be all right, son. I'll be fine. If you're listening in, in the Middle East and North Africa ahead of uh, Saturday afternoon, Arsene Wenger with us on our programme this weekend as uh, a, a, a capable great. substitute, but not obviously as good as the, the original. Um, like, yeah, yeah. Who's away? So no. If you want to follow us, incidentally, yeah. please do tell your mates where we are. Um, you can follow us on Insta and Twitter at Keys and Grey Pod. Keys and A N D Grey Pod. Um, thank you once again for listening. Big thanks to Davey Andy and uh, for everybody to help yeah. made that happen. It was a, a wonderful conversation. Uh, good luck, my friend. I'll talk to you in the week. Okay, son. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.